This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the Quests and Chaos Podcast Network and the generous patrons over on patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Punching Potato, Garlic Bread, Eric, Dragon Workshop, Spike, and Red Dead Coquette. And at our Muse $20 level, we'd like to thank Prostaskias, Leroy, Kate, Jeremy, Jenna, Jacob, Falangor, and Cheryl. Thank you for helping us bring a little inspiration out into the world. And now, on with the show. All right, good to be back with you, uh, Tiana. Uh, You were out for a week, not feeling too good. Yeah, I was diagnosed with COVID uh, on the day that we were supposed to record, too. Just like, come on, that's just rude. Well, congratulations on on uh, winning a lottery of sorts. <laughs> of sorts, sure. This was the first time that I've caught COVID in the three years that the pandemic has been going on. So, uh, hooray, I've missed it for this long, but oh, man not comfortable so yeah anyone listening to this uh in the the distant future of several weeks from when we're recording this uh if my voice sounds weird that's why still recording or still recovering from covid and my brain is slower than usual which is not fun (laughs) brain also recovering (laughs) (laughs) i I was actually kind of lucky the brain fog part only really hit in earnest for like one day and then i was just laying at this laying there staring at the ceiling going Okay, mm. that's better. I can do this. This is fine. What was what was the worst part for you? Um, I think the worst part was when I had to use like five pillows to prop myself up in bed so that I didn't feel like I was suffocating. You have difficulty sleeping that way? I sleep with one pillow usually, and I'm a side sleeper. So yes. trying to... Um, Sit up. Yeah, trying to sit up and, you know, I was sleeping on my back and sit and sleeping propped up. It was just not comfortable. And I did not sleep well for several days. Ugh, I'm just the same way. Yeah. And it was, it, it's like, you need to sleep in order to get better, but I'm sick, so I can't sleep. And this is a vicious, <laughs> horrible cycle. No, yeah, that's, that really sucks. Because sleep is like, just so precious when you don't feel good. Oh, seriously. You know, I had pneumonia for a little while, um, mm. you know, and I was out of my job for like, I don't know, like a month and a half. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I was I felt terrible. And uh, they had given me this little inhaler. And every time that that it was time to take the inhaler, it was like my birthday. You know, <laughs> like it felt so good, mm-hmm. you know, and I would just look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very to fortunate. Get some relief. Absolutely. I was very fortunate in that I got diagnosed very quickly because I came home from work kind of feeling like garbage. And then I I took a test and looked at it and went, oh, no. Fortunately, it was still early enough in the day that I was able to get over to an urgent care very quickly. And they Mm -hmm. got the uh, prescription for uh, packs in really fast. So were you feeling like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, like, did you realize what you had right away? Like, where you're like, oh, here it is. I didn't quite realize what I had right away, but I had been feeling kind of off for a couple of days. But I had tested on Tuesday, but the, t- the, the test came back negative. So I was like, okay, and went to work uh, Wednesday. Fortunately, because I, ha- I wasn't really feeling well, I was like, well, I don't think it's COVID, but I don't know what it is. I wore a mask all day at work. 
mm-hmm. because right. I wasn't I wasn't feeling well. So I was like, yeah. whatever this is, I want to keep it to myself. And I think it worked because it's been a week and I haven't heard about anyone else testing positive from that. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, thank you very much for wearing a mask to work. I think that's the least any of us could do at this point. Right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to start taking up uh, the like, like the Japanese social um, mm. cue on that one where it's like when I'm not feeling well, I wear a mask when I'm out and about. Yeah. And, and I think I think that makes sense. Right. Like you don't necessarily want to wear one when, you know, all the time. Yeah. But yeah, when you're not feeling well, that's just plain courtesy, I would say. It's kind of amazing to me that that hasn't made it over here before, to be perfectly honest. Although I guess, you know, with the exception of like New York City and some areas of San Francisco, nowhere is quite as packed on top of each other as places like Tokyo. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's whole all kinds of other like air quality problems. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely have our regions. You know, I grew up in Bakersfield, California, and the, the air quality there is pretty bad. Oh. Um, and it would... Because it would come over from, like, Los Angeles. And uh, we had a neighbor. Uh, the neighbor was uh, Oildale. <laughs> oh. And and it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of oil derricks everywhere. Um, so, like, Bakersfield would be, like, normally very beautiful countryside. But, uh, yeah. I mean, we had air quality delays uh, for school sometimes. Oh, my gosh. Um, instead of fog as much. Although we did have that sometimes. Here in Arizona, now we have uh, excessive heat warnings, but we don't get time off. Yeah, I've been hearing somewhere in the neighborhood of, what is it, 120 in some places? Yeah, it's been going over 120 every now and then on certain parts of the day. Uh, it's been pretty brutal out there. Uh, and while I'm trying to like do some moving, so that's been fun. God. Uh, I have my super dad hat though, and that's very helpful. Uh, it's like a straw hat <laughs> with like oh, a little yes. elastic bungee in the middle, which is nice because I have difficulty finding hats that fit me. Because um, I have a huge noggin. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, anyway, so that that thing helps out a lot. Um, but uh, I don't envy people that have to work outside all the time. And I mean, and I see them around town, you know, I'm driving to work and I'm going, oh my goodness, I have to go to work today. Woe was me. Right. And then I look over and I see somebody like building a house and I go, you know, (laughs) this isn't so bad. It's bad. This is not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, it's not the oppression Olympics, but it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it was the Olympics, they'd be beating me for sure. (laughs) So... Uh, maybe I owe them a drink or something. Um, <laughs> or something, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're better. I'm glad you're feeling better and that uh, you've you've come back to, to record another episode and sacrifice your voice to the cause. <laughs> it, it helps that this is only around an hour 20. So, you know, if my voice is hoarse and raspy by the end of this, uh, I'll know that that was too much. I gotta, gotta find, that's the weird thing. I gotta find where my new limits are at least yeah. until I start building stamina back up. Cause I used to go for like hour long walks and now I'm like, Oh, I, I walked, you know, five blocks to go and sit in a park for an hour reading a book. And I was a bit winded by the time that I got to the park where I was just like, this is not, this isn't fun. I hate this. Mm. Yeah. 
And this right after I was, I was about to start getting into martial arts. Like, of course. <laughs> well, it's only going to get harder from here, I'm sad to say. Um, you know, <sighs> we're not getting any younger. No, we're not. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking for myself, I largely squandered <laughs> my youth, <laughs> um, unfortunately. I don't, I don't think I squandered my youth, but I don't think that I carried much of what I did in my youth till now, which is sad. Yeah, I've, it's hard to look back and go, well, you know, that used to be a big part of my life, and now it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like an old relationship in a way. Yeah, um, actually very like. <laughs> but I am, I am happy to report, Mr. Power, that I have actually been working on my homework. Uh, I have been watching Shira while I've been yes. recovering. <laughs> I've been so glad to see that. I was like, well, if this is what it takes, then you know, at least it was worth it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, and it helps that they're, they're such short episodes. Um, it was pointed out to me on Facebook that this was a re- that I had a reasonable chance of actually like finishing the show because the episodes are all like 24 to 25 minutes long. Yeah, they're pretty short. There's not a ton of seasons. What is it, like three seasons? There's five. Like, there's five. But they were pretty short seasons. Well, true. Uh, apparently, three and four, or uh, two and three, got split into two episodes, into two seasons, because that was originally just going to be season two. But right. now one is like seven episodes, and one is six episodes because of some creative financial things. I'm just glad I came to it now, so I didn't have to wait through that cliffhanger. <laughs> because, oh boy, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I remember like seeing it up on Netflix when it first came out, and I was like, oh, I'll put that on, and I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, this is not terrible, you know. And uh, then, like, yeah, the season came to an end, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. I'll have to wait quite a while. And it felt like just a couple months, and then it was like season two, and I was like, oh, that's not too bad. (laughs) Yeah, right. But yeah. I actually met someone uh, at Phoenix Comic Con who was working with the She-Ra adaptation. Uh, I ran into her randomly in, in an elevator, and I was talking to some friends of mine about voice acting stuff. She's like, oh, hi, I am also a voice actor. And I'm like... Yeah, but you're a professional. Hello. Hi. Scared. (laughs) Were you a little bit starstruck? Oh, very much so, especially when I realized who she was and who she was standing next to, because she was standing next to Steve Bloom. Oh, oh, oh. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Were you about to do some swooping? (laughs) Uh, I was about to pass out once I realized who it was. And was like, you know, that's the nice thing about voice acting is you don't necessarily recognize them at first. Right. Yeah. But when they start talking, you're like, wait, no, I know that voice. Spike? <laughs> From uh, Cowboy Bebop, of course. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just Piccolo. Oh, he's done right? so many roles. Like, it's actually absurd if you look at his IMDb. Because, I mean, voice actors can just do you know, a hundred shows in a year if they feel like it, because it's, there's no physical, I mean, there's physical acting required and a lot of it, but it's not face reacting. And it's a lot easier to reset an audio than it is to reset um, cameras and, and, and the whole set. Yeah. I've seen some videos of Mark Hamill doing voice acting and he's quite animated. Oh, (laughs) very much so. One of one of my favorite videos to show, I showed my mom the video of Benedict Cumberbatch doing the voice and the mocap capture for Smaug. For Smaug. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it was like, I want that job. I want to be able to just crawl around on the floor growling. That looks like fun. And he looks like he doesn't like 
There's no self-consciousness happening. He is committing to that bit. 100%. Just like, <laughs> I am doing this. I am smog. My teeth are daggers. <laughs> just, <laughs> he is here for it. It was beautiful. I remember watching that thinking, man, like, why does that seem so familiar to me? And it was like, oh, yeah, because that was like when I was a kid, I did that all the time, you know, <laughs> crawled yeah, around I mean, and I was like, I'm a dragon. <laughs> I mean, who didn't, though? But who yeah, did? so I, I ran into those two in, in the elevator and she mentioned that she was working on the, the, the new version of she was like, And so I marked that. It was like, it must have been 2016, 2017, something like that. And mm. I marked that as a, oh, I should watch that because this sounds like my kind of show. And then it just dropped through the cracks and did not reappear until people started nagging me like, this is such a queer, femme, beautiful show. You should watch this. <laughs> and here's the thing about me, Adam. We, we were talking last time about like flaws. One of my flaws <laughs> is the more that someone wants me to watch something, the more my brain is like, no. <laughs> We are not doing this. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I think there's a part of my brain that's like, you've hyped this up so much that if I don't like it, you're going to be disappointed. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And, have and you then, been in that situation? Oh, I have on both sides. Yeah, that's not fun. It's not fun. I, I remember the first time showing my wife Dumb and Dumber and thinking, oh, man, this is just the funniest movie. Because, you know, I saw it when I was like 13. Sure. So, of course, I thought it was funny back then. I'm showing this to her when we're in college, and Oops. she's like stone faced, you know, just nothing. Mm hmm. And it was like, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's definitely like the, like, I don't want to disappoint someone if they, if the show means that much to them or a book means that much to them. I've gotten away from that a little bit. I've started reading some books that uh, my friend Grace have, has recommended. Yeah. And we have very similar tastes. So I, I think that helps. But also, it's like, I don't know. I, I think a part of it is I don't want to disappoint. Another part is <laughs> the truly hipster part of my brain, where it's like, well, it's cool, so I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> no, I, I kind of get that, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't like that. Everyone likes that, right? Which is dumb, because, like, if people like it, clearly there's a reason. In most right. cases, with the exception of Dear Evan Hansen, don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I, I will hold my opinions about that to myself. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, I think the important question, though, here is how did you feel about Shira? I haven't finished it yet. I'm still uh, I'm about four episodes into into season four. I don't know how this got a children's rating because I'm sitting here just on the edge of my seat going, I'm a full grown adult. And it says in the song that they're going to win in the end. I know it's going to work out okay in the end eventually, because it kind of has to. Right. But I am, I am having, I am like about to fly out of my skin with how uncomfortable I am with this in a good way. In like, right, right, right. Yeah. High tension, high stakes. I care about all of these characters. I care about all of the characters. Like there's not a single character that I do not like. Yeah. And no, it's a, it's a really great cast. Like you could really, like if you just took it a step further, uh, Catra could be really too much. She could, I, very easily. But I think they, they remove her from the scenes like a good amount so that you can kind of take her on later. 
Well, and it's also really fascinating to watch this broken and hurt little girl mm. acting like a grown-up and lashing out in the way that a toddler would. And you can hear it sometimes. Like, she has the most adorable giggle when she's mm-hmm. genuinely happy about something. Oh, yeah. That's- when she's, like, really happy, you you fall in love with her. Yeah. And that's usually juxtaposed with something horrible happening to Adora. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm so conflicted. I don't want you to win because obviously Adora my girl, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want you to win because God, do you need a win? Just one. Oh, well, just keep watching. I, I am. Because <laughs> the best is yet to come. Oh, gosh, I'm terrified. I I was talking to my friend Ben about this, and he was like, ah, yes, this is when they stop pretending it's a children's show. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, they just kind of go for it at the end there. Um, And it's I think it's great. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty permissive when it comes to what my kids get to watch. So they've they've seen everything. You know, and I think they they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and and, and it's it's different for like you and me, because we remember growing up without those kinds of influences. Right. And like without something for that. Now, now for myself, I wasn't like concerned that it wasn't there, but I can look back and go, yeah, that everything was for me. Right. Sure. It was Transformers, Ninja Turtles. And then there was yeah, like Jem and Barbie. And those were definitely not for me, but they were also for the very, you know, targeted audience. Yeah, the the, the much more girly girls, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah, speaking of which, I still haven't seen Barbie, but I definitely intend to. Oh, I intend to as well. If I hadn't gotten sick this week, I would have been there for Barbieheimer weekend. And oh, I'm yeah. very sad that I couldn't be. I know, such a cool weekend, you know, that's that's so neat. Maybe maybe Hollywood should take notes. And one thing that that's really nice to hear coming out of that is just a lot of people being in theaters mm-hmm. um, and just letting that sort of thing kind of come back to life. And that's cool, right? Yeah, having, having that experience again, because that experience has really gotten lost over the pandemic. And that's, you know, as much as I will gripe about people having their phones in theaters, there's something truly magical about experiencing big emotions with other people who are experiencing them, too. Oh, yeah. I remember watching um, Avengers Endgame. You know, in the I was literally just about to, to, to about to say that one too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that had so many moments, right? And it was such a such a build up. And I saw it at a theater where you got to drink. Yes, right. And it was just fantastic. And so I'm like half buzzed watching like Captain America throw Mjolnir around, and oh. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like, and everyone's shouting. Every all decorum has left, but everyone is completely engrossed in the movie, so it's mm-hmm. like better, right? Like, the, like reactions from the audience are actually a lot of fun. It's just like, okay, are you reacting to that or are you reacting to something your friend said on Snapchat? Right. No, that, that was so. actually something interesting. I went and saw a play right after I got back from Alaska, and the artistic director was doing the usual, you know, silence your cell phones uh, speech at the top. But one thing that he said that they that they say at the Aurora Theater um, that really strikes me is, please, if something's funny, laugh. If something surprises you, gasp. That is not a distraction. We 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 feed off of that. We are here in the room with the actors, and they are responding to what you're giving them, and you're responding to what they're giving you. And it's this oh, back yeah. and forth, 
transfer of energy that's really incredible that you just don't get with any other kind of entertainment. You've done theater, haven't you? Like stage plays? I have. That was where I, that was where it all began. Lo, these 18 years ago. Yeah, and I, I did a lot of it in high school. And yeah, there is something really magical. Like, you know, the rehearsals were always kind of a drag. And then like, I'd go out on stage, feel the energy, feel their reactions. And it was like, so addicting. See, and I was kind of the opposite. I loved rehearsals because that was the time to really like dig into the text and really like understand the characters and the interactions mm. between everyone. I have terrible stage fright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, I, I told you about I was in To Kill a Mockingbird and was Mayla Yule. I found there was one night that I was in it that I found out that my acting teacher was in the audience and I almost threw up before I went on stage. <laughs> I was so terrified. But like the moment that I stepped on stage and, the, and and I hit the lights and everything just clicked. Yes. Yeah. The magic comes on. Right. And it's yeah, like, it really does. And that's now you, you know, must perform. And it's 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 also like stepping into another world because the lights are so bright you can barely see the audience anyway, and yeah. it's just and you you can hear them and you can hear if they're responding to you and there's a a beautiful energy that you get from that but yes there's there's nothing to be afraid of one of my one of my directors said you know once someone is in the the theater seats they're already ninety five percent in your pocket. Because True. they chose to leave the house, get dressed, put on nice clothes, go and buy the ticket and sit down in the seat. All you have to do is not lose them. And they're already basically in your pocket. Yeah, nobody wants to show up and go, man, I really hope this show sucks. Seriously. Right. I, maybe maybe the actual critic does. But, like, everyone else is going to be there to <laughs> not have wasted their money. <laughs> and, I mean, fortunately, in small town Alaska, even the critics, because we knew who all the critics were. We knew when they were in the audience. Um, <laughs> they they were always very generous. I, right. I, don't, I don't think I ever got, like, a bad review. I definitely got a gently worded around the edges, oh, she's a very new actor, watch, watch to see where she goes from here, kind of review. Which sure, sure. I was yeah. 18 and 19 years old, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily expect to, to hear, you know, that you're God's gift to acting. God, no. Um, but yeah, what a what a wonderful experience. It's definitely something I miss a lot. Um, would be lovely to do again someday. Yeah, it's just such a time commitment. Oh, it's huge, right? It's like a job, you might say. It really is. I mean, even <laughs> even well, I mean, even community theater where it is meant to be like a volunteer thing uh, on top of your normal job. Um, when I was in Fairbanks, it would be you know three to four hours a night, four to five days a week. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a huge time commitment. I mean, and to say nothing about the all the rehearsals leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like at least in high school, we always had to do a lot of like moving stuff around. Like you were at least somewhat involved in building everything, setting things up. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah, we had, you know, our techies that were, uh, focused on that, but everybody did a little bit and sometimes a lot of it depending on the hands that were available. Yeah. And I, and I generally think that that is a good, a good way to learn all of the sides of, of acting. Cause in my theater program, uh, the actors had to take had to take tech classes, and the techies had to take acting classes, just so we all kind of spoke the same language and could communicate Correct. across those barriers. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and it also just builds like mutual respect mm -hmm. to know that, kind of what you're getting into and what they might be experiencing. 
Yeah, exactly. So we, we've been riffing for a while now, and I've <laughs> been trying to think of some clever way to get us into the topic, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, got it. <laughs> so I wrote this up, and I got this all ready, and I was super excited to share it, and then you got sick. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's that's all right. Um, so uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, so in a past episode, uh, we did a thing where we tried to assign the ability scores to skills that GMs would have. And so like strength was for something and charisma was for something and so on. Right. Uh, this time I wanted to do something similar, but for players and then I also wanted to go deeper and kind of talk about what the different ability score well, scores themselves might look like. And also to uh, give some advice as to sort of to create um, goals for yourself. Like if you want to grow in a certain area, then, you know, here's some things that might help. And this is not to say that if you're not an 18 and everything, then you're then you're a terrible player, right? And like you should always strive to be full 18s. It's like, no, there's going to be some things you're just not even interested in improving at, right? But if you would like to, here's a few humbly presented ideas. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm even going to preface this whole thing by being like, I don't think I know anyone who really has, like, looking through your list, I don't think I know anyone who's at, like, 18s in pretty much any of these as as a player, which is fine, because, you know, that's just how life be. And, and I mean, unless you're you're in a spike game where you're allowed to re-roll sets of stats until you have things that you like, uh, there's going to be dump stats, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I, the, for, for sure. And, and, you know, in real life, I think we also have dump stats, and Sometimes we just choose what they are in the same way. Like either it's just not natural or we just don't enjoy that aspect of the game. You know, there's tons of players that are just could not care less about a grid existing. Right. And it's a huge chunk of fifth edition as intended. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're just like, no, I just don't play that way. It's like, fine. You know, that's okay. Certainly. All right. I'd prefer a grid, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I prefer anything that I can visualize because, dear God, theater of the mind is not me. Right. Yeah, and it's also difficult to deal with like measurements of feet and you know all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let me just quickly introduce what the ability scores are going to be. Um, I mean, obviously, you know what they're going to be, but <laughs> like what they what they do. Okay. So starting out with strength, and this one's probably the the most like, you know, let's say flexible. Uh, strength is your heavy lifting stat. Okay, what does that mean? So this is the person that is actively helping the GM through things like note taking, providing recaps, helping other players, maybe even provides physical support, like moving stuff around. Uh, they might find assets, help set up track initiative or take on other player jobs, right? They're taking the GM's burden and they're trying to make it lighter by just taking on more. Dexterity, I'm going to scroll down, uh, is our <laughs> flexibility, sorry, it's our flexibility and adaptiveness. Dexterity players can roll with unexpected events, even ones they don't like. They're consummate improv pros. They also come up with clever solutions that may or may not bend rules. They quick, 
sorry, they take quick turns. I like me some dex players. <laughs> See, and um, I'm over here, and, I, and I'm looking at your write-up. I like con players even more sometimes. Well, if if players don't have any con, you're not going to have a game. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so con is reliability and endurance. These players are down for longer sessions and or longer campaigns. They show up on time and do so consistently and communicate clearly about scheduling conflicts when they which they actively try to resolve. So, yeah, if you have really low con players, they're probably just not arriving. <laughs> Right, that's gonna be hard to have a game. It's true. Uh, intelligence players are ones that understand the rules. Uh, they optimize their builds. They collect information constantly. They can also solve puzzles and perform IRL investigation checks. I'll, I'll get more into that later. Wisdom are players that are patient, observant, and understanding. They notice when other players, including the GM, are feeling a certain way and try to help. Wise players care about everyone at the table and try to make everyone feel comfortable and welcome. And then finally, we have charisma. Players that are excellent communicators and actors. They are probably doing voices and doing them well. They keep the hype train going and react well to what the GM is throwing at the party. They engage in dialogue with other players to get maximum characterization. Okay, so that's a quick rundown of what we have. So what, what do you think about just that much so far? In terms of like, are, would you say that those are accurate? Are we leaving anything out? What do you think? I think that that hits most of the sides of being a player that I think are incredibly valuable. You know, just just glancing over it, I think that this is a fairly well-rounded way of looking at what players need to have at least some of. And I, and I will say, like, not everyone is going to be, you know, 16s and 18s in everything or indeed maybe anything, but uh, at least 10s are fine all the way through. <laughs> I think that's a really important point to make, actually. Yeah. Like, if if we're doing, like, 12s and 14s, we're thrilled with you, right? Absolutely. Um, even a 10 is fine, right? A, a 10 is fine. A 10 is like, yeah, it, you can consider that to be quote unquote bare minimum, but if you're doing the bare minimum and you're showing up and you're participating, awesome. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> right. You could be all 10s and maybe a 12 con. I can definitely be friends with you, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah, 100%. So the only one that I, I put uh, as negative was anything that would give a negative modifier, right? Mm -hmm. So again, kind of following the the uh the the sort of point by system that you would typically see or the standard array uh we're not giving anything less than eight so uh i've done all the even numbers here and, and tried to provide some examples with what they might feel like and then of course odd numbers would just be i'm somewhere between that and that right yeah um okay so starting out with strength uh again this is the person that is helping the gm do their job and, and sharing their burden. Okay. They're doing the heavy lifting. Uh, a player with eight strength uh, is someone who might say something to the effect of, this is not my job. It's the GMs, right? I do my thing, but I do nothing else. Okay. Guys, if you're having an in-person game, at least buy the pizza sometimes, <laughs> right? Do something, right? Eight, I would say understandable, but also maybe do a little more. A 10 would be take care of themselves, but with minimal notes, right? They show up, they do their due diligence, but that's about it. 12, 
probably strong at first, willing to take on an extra role or two, but they might fall off later, right, as they lose motivation. Or they just stick with, uh, you know, being part of the soda buying rotation and ordering pizza like once a month or something. Nothing wrong with that, right? That's absolutely fantastic. I, I think the there was a, a while there I was playing at somebody's house and there was a whole group of us, right? And like I was the GM, so I did not buy pizza, right? Correct. That is absolutely and, correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely correct. And they all rotated. And then when I was a player, I got into the pizza buying rotation, right? I joined on that side, right? And I think that's just that's just an easy way to get along with people. <laughs> yeah, we we had something similar in the House of Geeks that I moved into, uh, where it was, you know, th- it was the three players and the GM all lived together. And then we had like two other people come and join us on Friday nights. And I would, I, I was usually the one who would go to the bus stop and pick people up. So that was part of my job. And then I also was part of the like soda rotation. So we would stop off at Lucky on the way back to the house and whoever's turn it was would get soda. Right. Yeah. And that way you're not, you know, passing money around. You're not like telling everything. It's just like kind of simple. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's fun to be that guy sometimes. It's fun to feel like the hero. The soda hero. <laughs> <laughs> or or at some of my tables, because I noticed that most of your um, most of your points on strength have to do with notes. Uh, so like we we have people in some of my tables who are immaculate with notes, just gorgeous. Yeah, at least in terms of notes, I would say like Tanya mm-hmm. is like, you know, a, a good 16, maybe 17, right? like, <laughs> maybe higher, <laughs> you know, you know? just really, really good. But I, I, I wouldn't be able to say anything about, like, how a home game would go, because we've never had the pleasure. But um, One of these days, you're going to be out here, and we'll do that. <laughs> right. And I, I'll look forward to it. I look forward to it. We'll, we'll do it. It'll be fun. Um, and certainly I, I will. I mean, my in-laws are still out there. So anyway, uh, at 14, our, our strong player is consistently helpful. They take good notes throughout. So really, we're just... We're doing what 12 was doing, but we keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 16 is where we're taking a more proactive role, right? We're always looking for ways to help and provide things to make the game better. They have immaculate notes. They've probably <laughs> even revised them, right, to cut yep. out the fluff. And they've given it a nice, beautiful visual hierarchy, right? <laughs> so it's very readable. And then they probably are the one that delivers the recap, right? Or, or if not, the GM is looking at their notes in order to uh, do the recap. <laughs> I can What's say that. What's my campaign again? <laughs> I can say that with confidence because that's what happens in our Strixhaven game sometimes when when uh, Cheryl's notes are literal lifesavers for all of us being like, what happened four <laughs> weeks ago when we had to take a break again? Crap. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like it is the, the, the note person is your buddy. Mm-hmm. And thank you for, for shouldering that burden for all of us. Uh, let's see. And then finally 18. And I have to say like all my 18s are kind of tongue in cheek because <laughs> it's really not ex- an expectation that anyone is an 18 in anything. Um, but if you would like to, here's what I think about it. If you have 18 strength, they literally make the best brownies you ever had and fresh handmade pizza right out of the oven, which is at the place you're playing at. And your placemat has a recap of the last session on parchment with burned edges written in beautiful calligraphy. 
So I, I have to pause here and ask, why why do you have the 18s as being like the peak and not have 20s on here? Well, I, I think that there's always room to grow, right? True. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but even the game caps you out at 20, and um, it just felt kind of superfluous. Like, if you're 20, obviously you're superhuman, right? It, True. 20 might even be a problem. Right? <laughs> like, it's like... How's your job? Is that is everything okay over there? Right? <laughs> Did you lose your job doing this? I mean, um, some people are just so invested in the game that they just—that's <laughs> all they want to do, my guy. It's it's okay. We we don't we don't discourage that. Well, not all of us get to be professional DMs all the time. I only get to do it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, if you do want to improve uh, your strength stat, uh, some ideas might be. Uh, look for something that the GM needs and offer to provide it, right? Don't wait. And if you can't tell, uh, but you'd like to help, just ask. Ask yourself what uh, would make you excited and try to do it. Get yourself a note template for your games to fill out and set a time to update slash review them. So, like, for me, I am not a natural note taker, right? I associate that with work, so I don't necessarily want to do it. But I also recognize the value, Right. So at least while I stay consistent about it, I went out and found someone else's note template that they had made. And then I printed those out and then I worked on those. And that definitely helped me stay motivated. I used to have a lot of fun with with taking notes when I only had like one or two characters that I was regularly playing because I would keep a journal in their voice to kind of keep track of... And I loved I loved doing that. That's actually yeah. where um, where Rowan's notes over on the redact reports came from was me taking notes and then just being like, here, here's the events of everything that happened. And here's what she thinks about what happened in her private notes. Um, Did you ever intentionally get something maybe like a little bit wrong just so that because it was like their perspective? Uh, a couple of times. There there were a couple of times where, um, especially in like Rowan's reports, because those were like official reports that were being turned in, there were things yeah. that I carefully just did not include because it was like, people don't need to know this. But it was in her private <laughs> notes what she thought about the things that she left out. So right. it was it was kind of fun. I'm still working on that. It was kind of fun to be like, you know, here's the events as sterile and dry as they happened, but here's all of my thoughts about what's going on. And I really enjoyed doing that, and then the pandemic happened, and uh, there were weeks where I was playing nine games a week, and I couldn't keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, it, and I think that's one of the hardest things about like doing a lot of the heavy lifting is just like in real life, it's hard to lift something for a long time, and you know GMs of course have to do a ton of heavy lifting, right, and so. Like, it, it's very easy for them to get tired. Mm-hmm. And so, pro tip, if you would like your game to last longer, try to hold up part of the world for your GM. Yeah. And um, honestly, if you want to be, if you want to be like a superstar uh, player and you ha- you have a GM who's a forever GM, if you're ever interested in GMing, uh, one thing to work on might be preparing a one shot for your group. And uh, give, that's fantastic uh, advice. Yeah, give give your GM a chance to play. Give you a chance behind the table with people who, I mean, presumably you like these people because you spend hours with them every week or every two weeks <laughs> or so. Presumably, <laughs> um, so it's a it's a non it's a low stakes environment to 
try out to build up those muscles if you want to do something like that and take some of the heavy lifting off of your GM to give them a bit of a break. Just a thought. I think those are good thoughts. Moving on to uh, dexterity again, this is your uh, flexible, adaptive, improv player. Um, they can come up with fun, clever solutions. They might bend rules, but most importantly of all, they take quick turns. <laughs> um, so the eight, okay, the only negative on the list, uh, a low dex player rejects plot hooks, openly voices dissent, complains every time they take damage, and belittles other players' ideas. Yeah, at that point, why are you at the table? <laughs> it's just... I mean, th- th- there will always be there will always be dumb stats, but dissing on other on other players and what they're doing, nah, this ain't it, fam. Yeah, and a lot of times that can happen, quote unquote, in character. But then you're like, I feel like you kind of mean it, right? You ever feel that bleed? Yeah, I, I and even having said that, uh, I am definitely guilty of that. I have had that happen where I was so frustrated with with a game that uh, my frustration bled over into character voice, where uh, people watching were like, "That's not the character anymore. That's <laughs> that's just you." And like, yeah, no, guilty. When it, when it comes to grumpiness, you you don't have much of a poker face. <laughs> I'll say. I, I think that's absolutely hysterical because I don't think you've ever seen my face while we're playing. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I. Although there was one time we were hanging out, one of the few times we've gotten to hang out in person, and we were playing a board game, a trivia game. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and you got your feathers just slightly ruffled. And yeah, um, I remember that. <laughs> I, I could I could see you kind of poofing out like a cat, you know. But you were like, I'm being cool. I'm being cool. cool." (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, also keep in mind that was right after the worst of the pandemic. So I had gone months without seeing another person in person. Right. So you you were probably at your human limit anyway. Mm -hmm. And and also, uh, like, I hadn't I hadn't had practice at the poker face anymore. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I think a lot of us um, suffered in uh, some of those interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, like we just didn't have game anymore, right? <laughs> it, it it really it really messed with things. But I mean, I think that bringing it back around, everyone has pet peeves. Like if you don't have a pet peeve uh, around your table, you're either new or superhuman. <laughs> or superhuman. <laughs> yeah, that's me, superhuman. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our ten dexterity, uh, they have some pet peeves. Again, that bringing that up. Uh, which might set them off, but they are generally cool and are happy enough just to have a table. So totally can get along with that person. I figure out what their buttons are and I don't press them anymore. Okay. Now, if it turns out that they have a whole switchboard, then, (laughs) you know, maybe I can't ever adapt enough. But Uh, uh, 12 is our clever and adaptive player, but they are maybe just a little bit slower at it, right? It might take them a little while to resolve their turn because their their wheels are turning and that's totally fine right their turn is interesting and effective but they probably didn't prepare their actions until their turn started which is a big no-no uh one thing a lot of players really need to work on is just making sure that they're paying attention when it isn't their turn and then like being ready 
Yeah, because I mean, there will always be things that happen in the, the turn previous to yours that changes yeah. everything that you had planned. But yeah. you, you can adapt to that if you take the time to like read your spells beforehand, if you're a caster, or just try to remember what your different abilities are to roll with whatever's going to happen. Because, I mean, this is a live improv game. Someone's going to run into the middle of the area that you were just about to drop a fireball on. And you have to change everything that you had just planned. Yeah, there's a there's been a lot of that. Yeah, where the players like, well, I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that happened to me on Monday, where I was like, well, I knew what I was going to do, and then you went unconscious. Thanks, buddy. And, Thanks, buddy. You know, not not it, truly in the like sarcastic. Yeah, sure, it was totally his <laughs> right, fault right, type right. of thing. <laughs> yeah, and and sometimes. This is something I notice. I don't know if this is necessarily a dexterity problem, but uh, every now and then I see a player clearly setting up like kind of a combination move, like trying to do some synergy, doing some setups, like maybe even voicing it and saying, like, here is my plan. And then so and so wasn't listening. And so like they just go in or whatever. And it kind of upsets everything like. This is like, especially if you like, let's say, cast a spell that's only canceled if the person takes damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then what does the fighter do? They run in and deal damage to exactly that person. And then the caster just over there like you had one job. Right. One. Yeah. yeah. It was like literally just attack anyone else. You know, do anything else. Mm -hmm. Do a dance. Literally pass your turn. (laughs) Would have been better than this. (laughs) And then like, oh, sorry. (laughs) Which, again, if you're if you're cool about it, you know, I can forgive a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we're we were all new at at one point. And tactics is not something that is not that is necessarily taught these days. So, you know it can be easy to check out of that sort of thing or not realize what the most advantageous thing is. Uh, Some people refer to like planning that sort of thing out as like power gaming. I think that's just gaming, honestly, is thinking about the tactical ways of handling things. Yeah, it's that's a thing that would take some time to try to measure. But like clearly the game wants you to do some teamwork. Mm -hmm. It's just when you voice your plan, you should probably do it in character with a voice, right? That would be the best way to do it. Um, okay, so at a 14, this player is uh, hard to rattle. They can get irritated, but they hide it well, and they forgive quickly. And they s- settle disputes discreetly. They can come up with great plans and usually do so before their turn starts. So listen, I love my wife, okay? <laughs> oh no! Where is that sentence going? <laughs> right, right, what a way to start. But... She does something that, that makes me upset sometimes. And and it's the most minor thing. But um for as long as I can remember, when I when when I go through a drive through, uh I know exactly what I want. And it's gonna be a number with maybe the slightest adaptation. Mm-hmm. Right? Like and, and possibly it, like the size, if it's a number six medium or something. Correct. Right. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, number six, medium, no sauce. That's it. That's that's all I'll do, right? And I have that ready to go because I'm thinking like there's people behind me, right? Usually, and yeah. They, and they want to get through the line, and you know there might be cars in the drive-through, right? So I'm I'm very cognizant of those things. Uh, my wife could not care less about anyone in that line. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she can, sometimes when she gets up to the window, she's just like, um, let's see. And I'm like, oh, no. Honey, you were supposed to decide when we were in the queue. <laughs> right. And then she will like go off. And, and this was like really uh, especially a thing when she was pregnant mm. you know so her taste had to be exactly this way so i remember one time we, we went to subway and she wanted to get a, a a meatball sub but the meatballs were on the side oh no <laughs> okay <laughs> they put them in a little cup and then she had her cheese slices separate over here so they just handed her a piece of bread and all the ingredients and that was the way she wanted it you know that's what made her happy you know what that's what was we made it happen as long as she was happy (laughs) exactly because i wasn't about to deal with unhappy pregnant wife that's for sure nope (laughs) but um it's a cute thing but it is a bit of a pet peeve (laughs) (laughs) see and i I, for, for, for myself, lo- looking at this, I would say I'm about half of the 14, because I'm actually relatively easy to rattle and get irritated, but I think I come up with great plans. I'm, I'm usually ready to go as soon as my turn uh, is ready to go, but yeah, I definitely need to work on the other part of that, because I do get irritated fairly easily. Whoops. All right. Do you have some Irish? <laughs> uh... Apparently, my, my, my parents did one of those like DNA test things and right, yeah. like I knew about the Danish and the French and the German and the English because I am a Northern European mutt, but apparently there's a little bit right. of Irish in there. A little which, bit Irish. Well, and that makes sense if you consider that uh, <laughs> some of the Danes were Vikings and took Irish wives. True. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they got around. They did. But I am at least aware that it is an issue, and I try to, like, tamp down on my irritation. I don't always <laughs> succeed, but I do try. <laughs> That's right. You know what? The, the, all we can do is try sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 dexterity. High dexterity players see every curveball is an opportunity for something creative and interesting to happen. Uh, I love that when that happens. Their knowledge of the game and their character enables them to adapt plans on the fly and dr- help drive the action forward. Um, so yeah, I love that. And when players can be that way. And then 18, <laughs> again, this is the... <laughs> your your, your tongue in cheek comments in here are great. I'm glad you enjoy them. <laughs> These absolute chads spin straw into gold. Whenever, whatever they are given, they take it and make it better. Yes, and gets turned up to 11. And they send their energy to the next player, inspiring them to ideas that even they didn't think they could. So, yeah, those are those are your unicorns, your dexterity unicorns. <laughs> I will say um, that because I I've been reflecting a lot lately because I'm coming up on my five year anniversary with Quests and Chaos, and which is nice. just absolutely stunning to me. Cool. Um, I was a very new role player when I came into it, and mechanically, I think I'm still on like the 14 area of of dexterity. But as far as like role play went, I was I was holding steady at a 10 when I came in because I wasn't really willing mm-hmm. to make role play choices. I wasn't willing to like step out and make bold character decisions. Uh, it took me about a month and a half with Andraste before I had to make a decision because I was the only one left conscious. 
That yeah. was very much a chuck into the deep end of the pool type of thing. <laughs> right. Trial by fire. Yeah. And I think that um, that's I think that actually might be where this this breakdown breaks down a little bit because your dexterity is primarily in the combat side of things. I think this is also every bit as important in role play. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Um and so much of what I have learned has made me a better actor, has made me a better player. Um being opposite a lot of the people that I have been so privileged to get to play with and interact with on Quest and Chaos and in other areas that I've gotten to play. Um, yeah, role-playing dexterity, it's a challenge. And it took me a while to get there. But looking back now, almost five years later, geez, it's been that long. Um, it's... It's one of the most it's one of the most valuable skills in my opinion. Yeah, uh turn combat is taking your turn quickly in combat is very important. But also, you know, if you're gonna be the face character, be ready to be up there and have the conversation with the guards. Yeah, your your charisma will like carry your delivery in a way, but like the dexterity is gonna give you something clever to say, mm-hmm. right? It's it's going to be your wit like it's hard enough to write good dialogue. It's a whole other challenge to improvise good dialogue. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Like when you're trying to like improvise subtext, like that's not the easiest thing. Um, you know, every now and then you can you can do it if you're really doing your best. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to do better after I've watched a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> then I, I tend to role play a little better for a while. Yeah, I, um, I, I've, I tend to hang out in like the dramatic speeches side of things. So give me a give me the opportunity to make a dramatic speech and I'm and I'm all over it. Quick dialogue. Eh, still working on that. Well, so is Georgia Lucas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> OK, so uh, growth goals. Watch some live plays. Take notes on interesting things that the players do. Consume related media and pay attention to creative solutions. Take notes on the abilities of your fellow players and look for ways to synergize with them. And then in parentheses, I wrote the fastball special. And that's a that's a comic book reference um, (laughs) where uh, someone, usually Colossus, would throw Wolverine at someone. (laughs) Sometimes it was Beast. Sometimes it was somebody else. But usually it was Colossus. He would just chuck Wolverine at a guy. (laughs) Right. That was their move. Right. That's something. I seem to recall that that Leroy and I made a joke along those lines early in the days of Wrath of the Scorned that yes. that, that he would uh, we had the discus special. Yeah, the discus. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Greek. Because oh. it's Greek. <laughs> um. So and then the last thing I wrote was challenge yourself to solve a problem without your quote unquote buttons, right? Because a lot of times when there's a problem, we look right at the character sheet. And we look for the button that's going to solve the problem. Mm. And sometimes we need to come up with something a little bit more clever. Right. And, you know, kind of to your point about dialogue and acting earlier, you know, it's it's also a role playing game. It's a war game, but it's also a role playing game. Let's not forget both sides of that equation. Right. And so I've tried to include at least a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. uh, For a lot of these. And I mean, I, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've had players uh, dex their way right out of a fight because they they talk their way down. They, they, they talk down the enemy combatants. And I'm just like, I have nothing to say to that that makes any sense. You're making good <laughs> sense here. Well, this just stopped being a combat. And now we're going to talk. Cool. You know, what? there's another idea for another episode 
giving villains coherent plans. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. <laughs> that's a challenge. That is something I struggle with. It's, especially when like it's like a monster whose nature is just like I am evil. Mm-hmm. Like like trying to make a rational beholder, you know, can yeah. be a little little bit of a challenge or a demon. Uh devils are a little bit easier, but like a demon, it's like I want to eat your face, you know, like it's hard to make that subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And a Rakshasa, you know, they've got to have really good plans, man. You can't be, like, just mustache twirling. you got to think of something real clever to do. Um, because players will easily see holes in your game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they have nothing better to do than sit there and poke at all of the, the loose threads that you've left laying around. And you're just like, yep, good job. They're like, well, instead of going into all this trouble, why don't you just talk to this guy? Well, I, well, huh. uh, I, dang. Heck. <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can happen. It, it, it happens frequently. <laughs> then that gets into GM dexterity, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which is the ability to take those curveballs and figure out how to work with them like, Okay, I had planned out an hour for the session, and they solved the problem in 10 minutes. What do I do for 50? Um, well, and, and I mean, that's the point where there does need to be flexibility on both sides, where the GM is like, is open, and it's like, I had planned for this, and this is what you guys did. I need a 15-minute smoke break to go and think, and uh, we'll reconvene. Yeah, and I think most people are pretty cool with it because we all want to screw around on our phone or get a snack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? There's there's all kinds of fun stuff to do. All right, let's get to Constitution. Now, we're coming up on an hour here. Do we want to try to split this one into two? Uh, Sure. We can do we can do up through Constitution and then pick up with Intelligence next time. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. So, Constitution. Uh, we've, you know, again... This is, uh, can you show up? <laughs> can But also, can you do the longer sessions? I think, like, doing, I used to do really long sessions back in college, right? Like, you know, six to eight hour games. And I've never been able to do that. I've, I think I've done one or two sessions Yeah, you did it with the, the giant spike game, right? We had a super long game. But that was, yeah. like, a particular event, right? Yeah, it, it was that, and then there were, like, two, um campaign ending things for other campaigns that I was in where it was like, it's New Year's Eve. Everyone is here. We're all sitting around the living right, room. Let's do it. Right. We have we have extra people who are coming in to play these NPCs because they're staying with us anyway. We're going to go until we're done. And sometimes it was 10 hours. Sure, sure. And I think for a big finales like that, that's a lot more like doable. Because yeah. people at least know it's over. You know, we were doing like, okay, every Saturday is eight hours. Right. Whew. Like... That's a lot easier when you're in your earlier 20s. Yeah, there's <laughs> absolutely. You know, nowadays when I'm when I'm running games online and it's like 11 p.m., I'm like, I'm going to bed. Like I turn the computer off. I say goodnight to everybody. Not in that order, in reverse order. And then I, <laughs> and then I like crash right into the bed and I'm out. Right. Like, yeah, ain't I, what she used to be. <laughs> I, I have I have found that my uh, sweet spot for for game sessions tends to be between three to four hours, because that's that's long enough to feel like we actually got something done, but short enough that I'm not going to just be like zombieing my way up the stairs into bed with my cats trying to kit- trip me on the way. Yeah, no more all nighters. Thank you very much. Nope, too old for that. <laughs> too old. 
and no desire, right? <laughs> I don't even know what the last time I like stayed up for New Year's. I was like, oh, you're going to watch a ball drop? Yeah, I, good night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm generally a night owl, but that that's that's my time. That's time that I'm up working on stuff. Right, yeah. I don't want to be with you. <laughs> I'm all humaned <laughs> out for the day. Yeah, in general. <laughs> there are, of course, exceptions to that rule, but very few. Okay, so our, our low con players, so at eight, if you might have an eight constitution, if uh, you cancel often, you get distracted, tend to tune out things when you're not being directly addressed. You might not like this game. <laughs> you're right. You saw you saw Stranger Things once. You thought that looks like fun, and then you sat down. and You're like, oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> Wait, this is math. You tricked me. Wait, I have to do stuff. I thought you just did everything, and I rolled a dice sometimes. <laughs> no, 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 not what I want. Uh, the ten is. Not necessarily uncommitted, uh, but they do put the game in a lower priority. So whenever there's a conflict, they don't put much effort in to make it work. The game is always easily sacrificed. All right. And I think that a lot of people would, would view that and say, well, isn't that kind of like just a healthy way to, uh, to look at it? And it's like, I guess, you know, de de depending on what the expectations of your table are. But if we don't, like, put in some effort, you're going to cancel a lot of sessions. And then it will probably end up like most campaigns, which is they fizzle. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it comes from the, hey, it's just a game, right? It's like, you're not wrong, but it's also a little more. Well, and it's not. At it's least not if you'd like it to be. Yeah, and it's not even just that it is more than a game, which, I mean, it is. It's also socialization. It's also improv training. It's also all of the things that it, that it is. Um, there's also four to five other people who are waiting on you. And, you know, I understand, you know, it is just a game. If you have to cancel, try to cancel more than, like, four hours in advance. <laughs> yeah. Like, life happens if you're in the ER no explanation needed. You're in the ER. Go deal with your life. But hey, guys, I'm on Discord. Voice only. Yeah, there's a lot of noise going on. I'm in the ER. But I ain't missing a point of XP. <laughs> I mean, I did consider that. I did consider having that in my earbuds when I was <laughs> at, at uh, the, the theater. And well, maybe like, it oh. depends on what you're in the ER for. Well, um, yeah. Um, okay, so that that brings us to 12, actually, because I think 12 is, is pretty much what you're talking about. This is your average RPG hobbyist. They will try their best to make the game happen, but sometimes life is life. If they can sense that this isn't going to work out, they might bow out entirely uh, so that the GM can fill their spot. And this is just your, like, reasonable about your relationship to this game. Yeah, and, th and that kind of self-awareness is super important, I think, because, like, if, if a game wants to be every week, but it's just not working for you, that's okay, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that this person is a little bit more aware, but they're also willing to put in the effort sometimes. Like, they might say to somebody else, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, because I have a thing. They might not say what it is. <laughs> but <they're> <laughs> Right. I, I I would prefer to try to keep this commitment, you know, especially if you've GM before mm -hmm. and you're like, OK, I know what it's like to put in a lot of work and then have people not show up. You know, that's yeah, nice. that's that's just a cruddy feeling. That's a cruddy feeling because then you're feeling, well, does that do people not like the game? Mm hmm. 
Right. And then like they'll say, oh, no, 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 I like the game. It's like, okay, but. But the actions are not matching the words. Right, exactly. You didn't come for three weeks. Really? For three weeks you had something come up? You know, my buddy Tim over here wants to play and I keep telling him I'm full. Right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, 14. This player is a rock for a GM and can be relied upon to go through the effort to make the game day slash time. They communicate with the GM outside of sessions to sort of play and resolve things specific to their character without eating up session time for things that only pertain to them. They might be somewhat less reliable if they don't if they don't have a prior relationship with the GM. Just to give it some kind of imperfection, right? <laughs> it, but like largely this person is pretty much perfect. And they're they're reaching out, they're trying to re- like okay, I want to do shopping, but do, maybe we don't want to have the shopping session. So maybe they send the GM like the list of stuff that they want to do while in town. And it's like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Let me know if this is okay. Is there an angry cat behind you? There is a cat behind me. I don't know if he's angry. What is he doing? What are you doing? You got something to say? You you have something for the audience? <laughs> oh, now you won't talk. Now you won't talk. <laughs> of course. Oh, that's no, the way there it you works. Are. All right, Tig, what is your what is your uh your take on the matter? <laughs> got nothing to say all right not a thing uh anyway <laughs> sorry I, I i heard yowling was like i don't think that's mine listen i just assume that like anyone listening to this has a cat and therefore they'll just assume that it is theirs <laughs> that's probably a fair assessment <laughs> i think so i don't want to stereotype the gaming community but y'all have cats <laughs> I think the only people in my immediate circle that I know who doesn't have a cat is is one person who has a dog. Right. And one person who doesn't have any pets, which I don't understand. And if you have corgis, that's still a cat. Um, Fair. And that's not an insult. Those are my favorite dogs. Um, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you there. No, not, it was it was Tig that interrupted <laughs> me. Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> now you won't even look at me. So rude. <laughs> You hear the dog back there? He's going off. Anyway. Um, pets. They're great. We love them. So six, 16 is kind of like pets. <laughs> you so might need energy. to reassess your priorities, <laughs> but we love your energy. Sometimes you might need to give your GM a break. And to be honest, you should probably just be a GM. Your backstory is 12 pages long with links and footnotes. Your biggest challenge is balancing your game life with your real one. This might be the only area that I would say that I might be a 16 in, just because <laughs> I I love good backstories. I love, um, I, I mean, like I said, during the pandemic, there were weeks where I was playing nine games a week. There, the, there were Saturdays where I didn't get out of my chair from like 11 in the morning until 10 at night because I was playing two games back to back. Ah, yes, the great pandemic exception for how we lived our lives. <laughs> it's true, though. But I mean, even now, like I'm having to withdraw some of my energy just because I need to focus in certain areas. But I want to play all of the games. I want to do all of the things. I love diving deep into the backstories. And yeah, uh, sometimes my real life takes a backseat, which is why sitting down and watching Shira while I'm sick has been important. By the way, I, I started playing a character for another game and I uh, 
in fact, did write a backstory. It was not 12 pages, but it was six. <laughs> yes! Good job! And it had, it had illustrations uh, wrapped around the text, and it had... Uh, and it did have links to other articles. <laughs> Adam, I need to see this. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm either going to either this GM's going to love me or they're going to be like afraid of me. <laughs> yeah, and just be like, this is too much, man. I need you to, I need you to take it down a notch. And and I'd be like, yeah, you're right, I too. <laughs> it's good to figure that out in advance, though. Like, true, that's true. Right? Yeah, we're gonna, we're testing our boundaries. <laughs> Uh, 18 is you have achieved game life balance nirvana when a GM wishes upon a star or says player three times into a mirror with the lights out you appear with all your stuff prepared <laughs> your tongue and cheek stuff is just ridiculous and I love it <laughs> just, you blow out the candles on your candle cake or your, your birthday cake and you, oh, you wish you wish for this sort of player. <laughs> this guy shows up. Hey, you want to play some D and D? Great big star eyes. Oh, here's my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I had literally wearing elf ears. Um, so uh, growth goals when it comes to constitution. Uh, here's something I don't do: make an actual priority list. Uh, perhaps a two-column list, where on one side you have things that are higher priorities. And the other things with the lower priority, like it might be nice to know before and like, like think about it, like, okay, what is something that is going to be like column? I cancel D and D and then like the other one, like maybe I don't, at least I try not to right? like your pet starts violently like vomiting blood. It's like, yeah, you, you probably want to get on that, right? There's a minor inconvenience was something else. So you had a phone conversation go 10 minutes longer than you thought it was going to go. Maybe try to be there anyway. Right. Let's, let's at least, you know, give it its due diligence. And then if it turns out that you just have so much stuff that's in the, yeah, this is more important then you might want to reassess like whether or not you're in a good place to participate. Or, or if you can, or if you can participate or you want to participate, look for a group that has similar goals where it's like, okay, you know, we're all busy dads or parents, so we can only meet once a month. And that once a month is important, but, you know, we we can't meet more often than that. Uh, There's a group that I was part of briefly where uh, sessions got scheduled when they got scheduled. And because everyone has life, everyone has kids, everyone has a job, and it's like, okay, we're going to come together on this Saturday and we're going to play for six hours and then we disperse never to see each other again for six weeks or something. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a really good point there that like maybe the more time that there is between sessions, the higher you should try to make it a priority. Yeah. Right? Because if like we're playing the same game every week, you miss a week, like I basically expect that, (laughs) right? Like... Because, of course, you're not going to make it every week, right? That would be very, very fortuitous. Yeah. And and even and even bi-weekly games, you know, there are things that come up and life Stuff happens. But, yeah, once a month, I kind of would expect my players to do their best. Sure. Or drop out. Right. Yeah. One or the other. And that, and that does seem to be a reasonable ask at that point. I think so. I think, I think you brought up a great point there. Let's see. Um, 
Another thing I said was track how often you miss a session or are late and review your own track record. Work on scheduling the rest of your life ahead of time with a uh, planner or digital calendar and assess what kind of playtime or schedule you want and look for a group that works accordingly. So, oh, sorry, sort of sort of jumped ahead on that one. <laughs> uh, well, no, that was still in growth goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you did kind of jump. I, I did uh, jump a bit ahead on that yeah. one. Sorry. I did have you read it beforehand, so that's good. I, yeah, I'm glad you did. Well, I mean, and then plus, it's you, you and I both have lots of experience here. Like, hopefully this relates to a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's like you might just need the once a month group, you know, and that's fantastic. Right. But maybe don't bother the people that are doing once a week. Right. <laughs> you just don't want the same thing. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's it's and it's important to be at a table where your expectations match. And I'm just going to say that is just like a broad thing for all of the stats. Yeah, like if you if you have a group where, you know, one person is a designated note taker and everyone else buys soda. Cool. You know, that's that that works if that works for your group. If you have a group that is mostly combat and the combat is snappy, but the RP is a little. But if that's what everyone wants. Cool. As long as you're having a good time, you're not playing the game wrong. Right. Yeah. As long as everyone at the table is having a good time, you're not playing the game wrong. I won't actually be there to judge you. So you're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you say my name three times in a mirror. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't love the game that much. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I mean, you're you're not the player, so so it wouldn't work to say it three times in a mirror with with the lights yeah. out. There's a different summoning ritual. This much I, I'll say. I think sometimes I do struggle as a player because I am a kind of a career GM, and so I think a lot of career GMs sometimes struggle with the player role um, mm. because they're not used to not being in control. Uh, all the time and like like for me i know that i can get bored easily and i can get distracted but when i'm a gm i'm constantly active sure right and i think that's a big reason why i just prefer the role you know uh being a player is so limited uh unless you're like a wizard there's plenty to do Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting being on different sides of of the coin. I still I'm I'm still a new GM, so I still get overwhelmed sometimes with all the things to keep track of. Um, but I'm also at the point where it's like I almost have to play spellcasters all of the time because if I'm playing a fighter, it's like, oh, it's my turn. I run up to the nearest thing. I hit it one, two, or three times depending on where we're at. Oh, here's a, a couple of extra abilities. Okay, that's the end of my turn. Yeah, 100% agree. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only fighters I want to play are like Rune Knight and Eldritch Knight mm-hmm. because they're going to like do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Battlemasters kind of like right there in the middle. Like you have just enough to do. You know, I'm only going to play a champion if, if it's like part of another build, like that I'm multi-classing or something. Yeah, and I mean, I I have played even recently a champion fighter, but that was because it was a game where I was the most experienced player, and I was like, I don't want to have to think too much about what I'm doing because I I may be helping other people with their stuff. So it was like my turn's going to be super easy. Um, and then what's what else is going on? Yeah, champion fighter is like the tutorial <laughs> class. Right? <laughs> Pretty like, much. Just, just pick this if you don't want to try. It, you'll still be effective. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, yes, very much so. So, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, 
Um, what would you say out of the physical stats that we've covered, strength, dex, and con, do you think you're strongest and weakest at? I think I'm probably the strongest at Constitution because I will mold the rest of my life around my games. It helps that most of my games are podcast or streamed, but even for, I mean, for the most part, I say kind of embarrassed because I missed the the, the last session of Wrath of the Scorned, but yeah. it was also my last night in Fairbanks, so... Yes, and, uh, you know, you have to give everyone else a chance to, like, catch up with your damage. You know, when when, when, I, when I'm when <laughs> i capable of doing, like, 70 points of damage in a single shot, but that's because the cleric and the, the druid were both supporting me with things. Shrugs that's forever. That's true. You do have, like, two and a half supports <laughs> I behind do. you. It's great. <laughs> and so you get to be just the artillery. Uh-huh. And you do it very well. I have a lot of fun with that, but I think that I'm the strongest in con because I will schedule the rest of my life in general around my gaming sessions. I might be the weakest in strength just because I'm a terrible note taker. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm really bad at taking notes. I will bring snacks if I'm playing at said <laughs> someone's house. I actually have. I actually have a cookie recipe that I specifically bake when I'm going to a new group to be like, hi, like me, because they're the they're the, they're my bribery cookies. So maybe there's maybe there's going to be a difference between VTT player and like real life player. You yeah. Know, you might, your stats might change a little. Because it's really hard to, to do the strength stuff aside from taking notes when it's when it's on VTT. Um, That's true. Yeah. A lot more is just kind of on the GM yeah, and I mean, so much is on the GM because they have to build out all of the digital maps and all of the all of the assets and everything. Like, I've done a few VTT campaigns as a GM, and man, I'd rather just have my hands on terrain or just have, you know, a grid to roll out and draw things on quickly. Well, this brings up another good idea for, for an episode at some point. Player jobs. Mm. Um, that might be a fun thing to, to go over because definitely, like, if I have Tanya in a game... She ain't buying no pizza, right? <laughs> she's just going to do that job, right? Like, because she's doing plenty. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it might just come down to, sorry, man, the one job left is pizza. So, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. you My know, hands are there's, tied. <laughs> there's something to that. And I, and I definitely think that of the physical stats, uh, my dexterity is middling, Um I, I do get irritated and frustrated fairly fairly easily, and that's something that I am working on, knowing what my frustrations are and how to work within those. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes the frustrations are just... Mm, sometimes the frustration of a game is more than the joy that I'm getting from it, and I need to be better at being like, okay, this is not the table for me. It's not a bad table. This just sure. isn't the table for me. But I also think you're pretty patient like i think you're willing to give lots of chances and to give a lot of grace i try to but man you, you don't see me seething underneath then if you think that. sometimes i can hear it <laughs> there it is cool it's like like she's not happy but she does like dnd so and and in general like all of the groups that i currently play in i love playing with so good you know and there's there's only been a couple of times that i've actively had to leave a table so mm, never you know, pleasant, never pleasant, always just high anxiety, but I've gotten really lucky. Yeah. Um, what about you? What, what of the physical stats? Which ones do you think are your best and weakest? Yeah. So like definitely when it comes to like being a GM, I would have a higher strength, but as a player, 
Ooh, it's probably on the lower end. Um, because I don't know. That is something I want to improve, though. Like, I would definitely say that would be one of my goals is probably to improve strength as a player. Um, one thing that Andrew would do when he was a player with me is that I would have something happen in a game and he'd always try to react, right? Hmm. Like, even if he wasn't necessarily all that excited or surprised or whatever, he'd still be like, whoa, you know, or whatever. And I and I even like said, hey, man, I just appreciate that you do that. Like, I know it's not always like your natural reaction, but you know what I want and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he would always try to like give that. And then I'd be in his game and I wouldn't do that. Right. I would only react if I was really reacting that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so that would be like a growth goal for me. Um, I think I uh, I have definitely pretty pretty good con. I'm I'm not really gonna miss sessions if I can help it. Yeah. Um, even if I don't like the game, I'm probably gonna still show up. <laughs> um, it it takes a lot for me to leave a table. Like if if the GM is just completely just bonkers or is like completely abdicating all their all of their responsibilities you know i will leave it eventually <laughs> eventually that is very much the key word there i think i mean i there was this one guy i can think of and i gave this guy like so many chances mm-hmm. you know but it was it, it was clearly he'd never prepped ever in his life <laughs> and it was it was yeah. not good enough for me I, I was not happy with it um so i had to let that go i i would say i have i have good decks as well, for the most part, uh, not 18, but <laughs> I'd say I'd say it's pretty good. Uh, so probably strength lowest, con highest, same as you. It's it's interesting that that we're both um, GMs as well. I mean, you've been a GM way more often and longer than I have, but I, I think that's interesting that both of us rate con as being our highest physical score because I think I mean. I am that person who who is like, if I'm, you know, if I'm on time, I'm late. It's mm. very, very much the theater brain in me. You know, if you're if you're earlier on time and if you're on time, you're late. Well, you know, and, and I know what it's like when you're sitting there in, in the call right. or or like at the place you're going to play and nobody's there yet. Yeah. And it's just like, is anyone going to show up? That anxiety is just so high. <laughs> and then finally someone shows up and you're like. Oh, thank goodness. What took you so long? <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> you know how many scenarios I wrote in my head while you weren't here? <laughs> yeah, anxiety's rough like that. <laughs> it is. That's why I take meds. Anyway, uh, mm. you know, if you, just if, like all of our listeners. You know, if, if, you, if your brain doesn't do it yourself, it is nothing wrong with getting uh, a little extra help. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And no, we're not sponsored. But uh, if you d- develop depression and anxiety medication, it would like to sponsor Inspiration <laughs> Point. We're definitely open to it. <laughs> oh, that would be such a weird niche market because I know so many gamers with depression and anxiety. Such a oh, weird absolutely. niche market for, for medical companies to get into. Well, like, why do you need to spend a lot of time pretending to be an elf? You know, something happened. You know? <laughs> Something happened, and we're here for you. I just like telling stories. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and how do those stories make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Shoo, you're not a psychiatrist. <laughs> True, but uh, I I want to be a bartender. Is that 
pretty close. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Fair point. <laughs> All right. I think we've uh, done enough damage for now. I, I think you are completely correct. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up um, and, uh, you know, leave a little something for next time. That sounds like a wonderful idea. So join us next time, friends, as we go over the mental stats for uh, players. And until then, stay inspired. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiration Point. If you'd like to support what we do, go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash inspiration point. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. You can also help support us by telling people about the podcast. A little inspiration goes a long way. Inspiration Point is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons on a weekly basis and have a bunch of campaigns of Call of Cthulhu, D&D, and board game playthroughs archived on their YouTube. Join us next week for more inspiration. Thank you.